0: Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica NTH.
1: Today's podcast, we have Sarah Corcoran from Corcoran Family Law based in New Jersey. We're going to talk about custody and then we're gonna talk about parenting rights. And this is a sensitive topic and Sarah is gonna take us through it very gently and very straightforward. So welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having
0: me ladies. I appreciate it, happy to be here. Thanks for taking the time. And like TH said, I mean, custody, talk about like, you know, the spark in all of uh, parental divorce negotiations.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, it is the single most important issue when you're getting divorced, right? Um, What happens to your children? um, What decisions are made for them? By whom? um, Where they will be staying? Who will be supervising them? um, The single most important issue when you're getting divorced um, or when you have children with another person um, in either case. So, custody um, is twofold in the state of New Jersey. So, We have legal custody and we have physical custody. Those are two completely different things. Um, Your ability to parent your child free of interference is protected by the United States Constitution, the First Amendment, the ninth and the 14th. So um, these are serious and significant rights um, that the courts take very seriously. Um, The court sits in a role uh, it's called parents Patria, which is a Latin term for um, protector of the children. So, um, what we first always want to address is um, legal custody. That's decision making with respect to your child, major decisions, right? I'm not talking about what what, what they're having for dinner or um, you know what kind of playmates they're having. I mean, certainly if they have a gluten intolerance or a sensitivity, then we often deal with those issues. Um, they come up frequently, and it's important to address them. But first, it's really this global agreement, hopefully with respect to legal custody, big decision, school, welfare, um, uh, safety, health, those sorts of things. So so in my experience, courts are unwilling to give one parent sole legal custody short of there being some extreme circumstance. Right. Um, some of those would be, um, you know, uh, if, if there are uh, uh, criminal issues relating to the interaction between the parent and the child, um, perhaps um, substance abuse issues, um, certainly any sort of inappropriate contact with children of any child, that would be an instance. And in some cases, although it's rare, um, the court based on the party's inability to agree on anything results in one person getting sole legal custody. Now, look, I would never recommend people make issues to then attempt to substantiate their position to achieve sole legal custody. It's so infrequently done and only in such extreme, extreme cases. So my recommendation is that's an easy one to check off. I believe it's a, there's a presumption in my view that the party should share joint legal custody absent these extreme circumstances. Um, and I think that that starts everybody sort of on the um, on equal footing and it puts them in um, fair positions to then have further conversations about where um, the kids are gonna go and when. So you're saying they should have joint
0: legal custody in terms of the Correct. decision-making. Correct. Then are you of the mindset that you're still okay with one parent having sole
2: physical custody no absolutely not and that and that doesn't happen either so uh, you know you hear in the media you know someone won custody someone beat the other one in custody that's not how it works and that's not how it works in new jersey um and if people approach it knowing that that's not how it works and that's not the way it is i think people would save a lot of money and heartache and preserve their children's innocence for a lot longer so um know they used to call it like visitation um you know no we don't call it visiting we call parenting time right um you know we don't say you have physical custody of the child no we one parent is the parent of primary residence one parent is the parent of alternate residence so what does that do that puts everybody on similar footing right not equal but um certainly similar and it doesn't have this like negative connotation to it so I think it's important to take like the sting, as you said, out of a lot of this so that people can make informed decisions rationally.
0: Right, We, I, I, my ex and I have uh, equal 50-50 custody, which yeah. is a very amicable divorce. And I think it's so important for the kids anyway, but really yeah. it's like, he gets Monday nights and Tuesday nights, I get Wednesday nights and Thursday nights, and then we share every other weekend. But it was very important to me at the time of my divorce that I be the primary care parent. Like yeah. I I don't, I, it, it doesn't You're even not alone. To
2: You're not alone.
0: Uh, but I just, I had to, I had to have that. And yeah. so um, he, I don't think he cared. Cause it's like, again, everything else was like shared 50, 50, but that was definitely like a little sticking point for me that
2: yeah. it, I needed to be the primary caregiver. Look, and it does give you a look, I love a two, two, three. When people are amicable, a 50, 50, two, two, three, it's the way to go. And I got to tell That's you, 223. Three. there you go. Uh, there you go. So a lot of a lot of judges in Bergen County in particular are starting at 50/50 even when somebody's jumping and screaming at me I'm a stay-at-home mom I'm I'm saying look this is what you're up against because we have these constitutional protections and often unfortunately you have a case we have super dad you're getting divorced super dad or super mom I'm suddenly taking the kids to the doctor right right uh, all of those things that happen when you were married and who cared for the kids are going to be very important should you have to have an evaluation but um, when you're getting divorced things change so some judges start at 50, 50. so I always encourage clients to think about it really think about it because you could potentially end up spending so much money for such a small incremental um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, incremental more incrementally more time which which may really not add up to that much um, but you know look it's the single most important decision you're going to make in a in a case, right? It's the most important decision. And there are a lot of ramifications, but the good news is, is custody and parenting time are always subject to modification, always based on the best interest of the children. So that means you can come back to court and say, hey, look, this isn't working. You know, my daughter is struggling in school because dad isn't doing the homework. He's with his girlfriend and they put her in a room and she's not doing homework. Um, and I'm gonna get an expert to say, you know, corroborate what I'm saying because it's clear the teachers have indicated on dad's nights it's a problem um mm. so it's always started to modification which is good thank god and and so I didn't have
1: what was it two two three fifty fifty. Oh, yeah. I had um he had Wednesdays and every other weekend yep and I didn't want the back and forth so much because it just felt like them packing their bag every other day was, was just a lot. I had three kids under eight, like, I don't know, they wouldn't know where they were waking up the next day, or maybe they would. And that was just me putting that on them. But as they get older, we didn't go back to court, but then the kids started deciding where they wanted to be. Right. And so I was the primary residence. I was also in our town. So you know, I like to think they only wanted to be with me. But the truth of the matter is, <laughs> I was in town where their friends were. It was easier to get to where they wanted to go than going to their dad's house. Right. And, um, and then things change and kids grow up and they evolve and then they drive. And right. then right. who's going to give me a car? Yeah. You know, so then there are other conditions of why your kids are in certain places. But we just did a podcast about, you know, how to control triggers and how to manage transitions with, with young children. And I think ultimately you have to make the best decision for your family. In my divorce, I was dragged into having custody experts yeah. because of one additional day that I was not going to give. And I was not going to give it because I said too much back and forth in terms of the schedule. Sure. And I also had some lingering you know, feelings <laughs> um, that I was bringing into it. But uh, that was, I would just say, if you can avoid going down that road of having strangers decide who the preferred parent is and making decisions about where they go and on what day, they met me for half an hour. How the hell do they know? And I would honestly, I'll give you a lollipop after. We'll go to friendlies. You can have pizza all night long, soda all you want. Let's go and let's be rah-rah mommy, you know, like it just wasn't fair and you're you're like sweating bullets that you're going to be judged in that hour and you are like it's like yeah.
2: it's
1: it's so upsetting so if you can avoid it please do not to mention how much money anguish and money anguish first then money on this like in a in a relatively normal situation it just was yeah.
2: it was nuts and look, I see similar situations to yours too, TH, and I think everyone has important reasons for why a schedule works for them or doesn't work for them, and you've enumerated a lot of them. And I think it's important to, you know, not judge why you believe as a mom or a dad why a particular schedule is going to be best for your child, but I think your takeaway is is really really poignant. You're, if you cannot agree to custody and parenting time, the court will give you a little bit of time. So you'll have a case management conference, which is like the first event in court when you've begun the divorce process. And at that time, the court is going to ask you, um, have you resolved custody and parenting time? Is it an issue? And if it's an issue, they send you to custody and parenting time mediation, which is a brilliant free service offered by the courts. So you go, you meet with the mediator without attorneys, and you try to work out a custody and parenting time schedule. If your attorneys haven't been able to work it out amongst themselves first, this is in the very early stages. So this is usually the first step. If you can't agree in custody and parenting time mediation and you go back to the court to report that you are unable to agree, the court will give you a little bit more time. Then suddenly the court becomes very impatient and they don't care. And the judge says, guess what? you all are retaining custody experts or i'm going to retain my my own expert or maybe i'm also going to appoint a guardian ad litem because i'm unsure that anybody's protecting this child's interest so now what you've done is you've effectively divested yourself of decision making authority over your own children despite the constitutional protections afforded to you so it's it's a double edged sword right because you have these beliefs and um and, and i believe them to be true and like i said i'm we don't judge them, but you have these beliefs and these ideas about what is best for your children. And the court really says, I I don't care. I'm going to let all of these other people figure it out. The PhDs, the psychologists, the doctors, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get together and render an opinion. And that opinion is going to hold a lot of weight. Yeah. Like you're cutting off your own nose to spite your face.
1: It It was brutal. And the problem is that if one, like, My ex wanted all of that. Yeah. So you got to go along for the ride. You don't have a choice. You're being told what to do. And then you just, you just got to go. And um, I forgot what the other thing was that I was going to say. One of
0: the things I was going to say that you can tell your clients, Sarah, especially when they have young children and they're fighting for more than 50% custody. And maybe part of it is like just out of animosity and like vindictiveness towards the other parent let them know that in about 6 months once things are settled they're going to really cherish the time off from their kids totally. because i will say that what totally. people don't think about is that one of the upsides <laughs> of divorce when you have little kids is the fact that half the time you have time to yourself you all by yourself. yourself and you can go out with your friends you're not like drowning That's... in you know diapers and having to put on their shoes i really always felt like in the beginning it was like, it was like this secret that I had like discovered probably like a year after. I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm going to have five days. That's right. And I'm not going to have to like get anybody dressed or, you know, deal with wetting their bed in the middle of the night or throwing up. Father's day is the best day. Father's day is the best mother's holiday. Totally. I feel like people don't value yeah. enough the downtime because they're too caught up in kind of like being angry and resentful yeah. and trying to like, I'm going to screw you, but really you're screwing yourself. And when they end up getting 50% custody, I mean, one of the things I always told myself, true or not, it's like, good anyway. I don't, well, yeah. And I and also <laughs> like, I don't have to worry about the mom guilt of not having my kids. Cause that's what the, I mean, we never actually went to court. We worked it out ourselves, but it was kind of like, this is what the divorce agreement is. Like, I, I don't have to walk around with mom guilt about the fact that the kids are with their dad. Right. But I do have a couple of questions for you. Like I was talking to someone recently who was telling me that they, whatever their custody arrangement is, maybe it is 50-50, but it was like, they were, oh yeah, no, uh, I know who it was that I was talking to. And I and I do think they have 50-50. And she was irate that he had on his time mm. had gone out of town and had not like told her and had had the kid stay with his mother, who by the way, is perfectly capable sure. of watching the kid. But I was curious as to like, how does that work? Like if, if my ex was going away, don't fucking send my kid off with your parents. Like bring them back to me I should be the one, I should at least have the right of first refusal. To watch yes. the
2: kids and vice versa. So, how do people handle that? How do you handle that? I think um, you absolutely have to provide for that in your in your agreement, by way of a right of first refusal, just like you said. So, usually, what I say is, if it's longer than four hours, um, you have to call me up first and ask me if I want my client my my client to watch the children. Um, otherwise, you can do whatever you want um, within those four hours. But if it's beyond four hours, you have to let me know. So look, agreements can't provide for everything, but I think that should certainly be on your checklist. Certainly on your checklist. That's a good Uh, point.
0: That should be on the checklist. And another thing I'm wondering about is you were saying before, like custody agreements can always go back and be revisited, which is fine. But I feel like, yeah, but then depending on how old your kids are, even if you're not dealing with custody experts, you're not getting around the fact that your kids now know. Totally. You are taking their other parent to court and fighting with them over the kids. And there's a very likely chance that that other parent is trash talking you behind your back or saying passive aggressive things that are getting into the kids' heads. And I wonder sometimes like when you have situations where the other partner, the other uh, ex isn't holding up to everything in the agreement, whether it's financial obligations, whether it's custody obligations, at what point do you recommend to your client that they do take them back to court, knowing that it's going to wreak such havoc and conflict for the kids?
2: Yeah, you know, it's a hard decision to make for parents, in particular, after you spent so much emotional energy and time and money coming to an agreement. Um, but certainly, the court rules provide for certain remedies uh, by way of enforcing the agreement, sanctions, counsel fees. Um, My biggest concern would be if, number one, the other parent isn't properly caring for the child when the child is in their care. That's Mm -hmm. a no-brainer, right? So so in that case, um, when it pertains to the safety of the child, you know, we're gonna—I would recommend filing an enforcement application with the court. Um, Number two, they're withholding parenting time. That can be a crime. So, and that is perhaps not on the first instance, and I'm not talking about a 15 minute delay. You know, you have people mm-hmm. say, well, they're habitually late and this, that, and the other thing. You need a parent coordinator. You don't need a judge. The judge is gonna punt it and tell you to go to mediation anyway, or yell at your lawyers and say, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful and you have to carefully consider when it is appropriate. I think withholding parenting time would be uh, the second most important um, uh, instance where an enforcement application would be appropriate. Um, Or failure to pay support. Uh, You're relying on this money from this person to help for your children. It's very simple. You as the recipient, whoever that is, has a right to receive it through probation if necessary. That's not something I need the other person to agree to. I'll get it by virtue of the statute and the court rule. I don't need anybody's consent. So if you don't pay me the right way, pursuant to the agreement, I'll file an application. I'll get counsel fees. You'll pay through probation. You'll be embarrassed with your employer. So do the right thing. Assuming they have the money. Because if they're just like
0: paying you less and less and they're like, I can't afford it. The business isn't good right now. Pandemic, COVID, I'm not making that kind of money anymore. It's like, you're going to spend more money going back to court
2: sometimes. Yeah, but in that case, then Jessica, that person should have come to you and said, look, I need a little relief. Mm -hmm. I'm in a a financially precarious situation. Um, This is what you hope, right? Like that, that people will rationally address these issues without having to involve the courts or lawyers. So that would be my recommendation first go to your spouse and say, look, I, I, I'm struggling, I'm suffering. Here's some of my financial information. Can we work out an agreement for a reduction? If you can't, perhaps you say, let's go to a mediator and see what they say. Um, those would be ways to deal with the financial issues. But often you have spiteful spouse who just says, right Then you got to hit him where it hurts. I feel
0: like it's so interesting because when even us having been through it and, and knowing what it's like, a lot of times when you think about typical divorce, people will think about the lawyers who are like, you know, tigers who are out there to fight for everything. And I feel like the more TH and I talk to different attorneys about really sensitive issues, like the finances and custody, more and more we're hearing lawyers basically having a similar viewpoint as you, which is like, you got to relax. Maybe you're not saying you got to relax, but like, yeah, nobody never wants to that. go and fight it. <laughs> you know, it's like, how are so many people fighting it if the lawyers are like,
1: you're making a mistake? Because they're short-sighted and they're emotional. And they're that's the problem. When you're emotional, you just, you think you're smart and you're making mistakes all over the place. You're leading with the wrong thing.
2: I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think, look, you guys are providing great perspective and you have a host of resources. So, so hopefully you know, you're educating a large segment of the population about this sort of thing because it's more, I'm, I'm more pleased at the conclusion of a case when parties have come together in the spirit of what's in my children's best interests and what's in my, our, our mutual, our our entire family's best interests. I'm, my clients are better served. I feel better. Everybody feels that the deal was more fair. As soon as people have expended tons of sums on council fees, um, and have been involved in protracted litigation, no one is even remotely happy, ever, no. ever. And you're, a lot, you're out a lot of money. Um, and look, I realize that that's sort of counterintuitive for me to be saying, but I always lead with, uh, my goal is to get you to the finish line as cost-effectively and with as much of your humanity and sanity preserved as possible, and if that means we sometimes have to go to court, I'm, we do it. I do it all the time. I do it constantly. But I would prefer, and I always offer the alternative. And we're, in fact, as lawyers, we're required to pursue into the court rules. Um, so I always recommend alternate dispute resolution. It's um, just very refreshing,
0: I think, that like the people, the professionals, the industry experts that we're vetting and talking to are giving these like very rational, practical um you know, tips and advice to our community, because it really shouldn't always have to be what we've seen in the movies, you know, right. the War of the Roses and Kramer versus Kramer. It's like, the, I guess, I guess that exists still these days. But I, I just love the fact that we're really like, you know, opening people's minds to the idea of it doesn't have to be like that. And it really should be um, a more, you know, easily negotiable situation with people acting reasonably and, not getting so caught up in all of the anger and resentment if possible but it takes
1: two
2: so
0: don't blame
1: yourself because mine was four years of anguish being pulled along a path that i did not want to go down right and the end result was we both wanted the divorce right so let's just get there this way instead of going around 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 for four years like So, I would just say, you know, just do the best you can to communicate. Make sure you interview your lawyers. Make sure you keep your eye on the prize. And always, always, for the women, always be a lady and the men, always be a gentleman because that's how you're going to remember it. Like, did I help, you know, keep my head up high and be respectful? And of course, there are weak moments, but overall, you know, I look back at my situation and as long and, and, and difficult as it was. I held myself as, you know, a lady and, except when I'm pushed. And so you do the best you can listen to the lawyers. There are so many more options and there are no movies about mediation. There are no movies about let's sit down and Kumbaya together. There's nothing like that. Marriage story was just out like, oh, you know, so, so upsetting. So just do what's best for you.
2: Yes. Yeah, look, I think that's great advice. And I think it's, you make an excellent point. You can't control, like you said, what someone else is going to do. So I often begin by telling clients or potential clients that the reasonableness of the parties dictates how quickly you're going to be divorced and how much it's going to cost you. And unfortunately... If someone is not as reasonable as you, like you said, you're dragged through it and you have to then be a participant in something that perhaps you don't want to participate in. Right. Um, and and that's right. a difficult pill to swallow. It's a difficult pill to swallow. It is. And the custody thing as we know is, is the most difficult of all. So
0: thank you so much for all of this great information. Sure. Um, anyone listening, if you have, uh, questions about custody feel free to let us know obviously different rules it's are state specific I mean anything you heard today is not legal advice it's talk to your own lawyer but you know interesting things for you to think about and 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 hopefully gives you questions to ask while you're dealing with your own situation so that you feel more prepared um, and kind of know what your options are all of Sarah's contact information is on our website at xexperts.com So um, thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, ladies. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember, there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.